Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mental Wellness Mondays, where two broke trombos and the lovely people at White Love and Thrive bring you content, information, resources, and interviews with, with notable individuals doing amazing things in the work of, of, of mental wellness um, across the globe. Because you know what I'm saying? We are global out here. You know, Dan, um, I, I think few podcasts on the continent mm. are, are reaching out as far as we are. You know what I mean? I think we've touched pretty much every kind. I think the only thing left is Antarctica. So any penguins doing mental wellness work out there, holla. <laughs> but today we mm, welcome mm, mm. an accomplished professional. Um, this is, um, sorry, is it Miss or Mrs.? It's Mrs. Don't want to get it wrong. There we go. Mrs. Anita Charlotte. She's an award-winning coach, author, and speaker. And she focuses on helping women in leadership navigate their home, work, and love lives with confidence and calm while being in command of their emotions. And what better way to discuss the the the, the travails and tribulations of, of what women have to endure in relationships than with two nerdy men who have barely, barely spoken to any women in their lifetimes. <laughs> he speaks for himself he speaks for himself you're looking at someone who's about to get married and i'm hoping that after our discussion it's going to be an, an even better process I don't, I don't think it's the same thing when you basically asked a thousand times that you're basically like okay fine the end result is the same how you got there is not important not important <laughs> can can we do you mind if we call you anita that's fine. Please do. Okay. Thank you very much yes. for, for that welcome. permission. Um, well, thank you very much for, for being here. I understand you have uh, a story that could probably be quite inspiring in terms of how you got to this a space where you can help other people in their relationships. Would you mind sharing that with us? Oh, sure. I'll give you the short version. Otherwise, we'd be here until next week. Um, but it started my journey into helping women start it. Uh, being a survivor of uh, domestic violence in my first marriage. And so after um, experiencing that, I took a step back and I just wanted to understand how I could have gotten that way. You know, I was the, I was the, uh, the baby in the family. I was the one that the first one to go to private school um, you know, I was getting good grades in school. I was the person that you would never have thought would have ended up with someone who was going to be abusive. But um, after I took a step back and I, I took some time to do some healing, what I realized was that it wasn't necessarily that I didn't know who he was. It was more so that I didn't realize who I was and what I wanted and what I needed. And so I had to do a lot of soul searching. I had to do a lot of um, digging deep, peeling back the layers, um, identifying where I felt my insecurities led me to choose this person versus in me standing confident in who I was. And part of that had a lot to do with uh, growing up uh, in a household with a mother who um, had not graduated uh, elementary school. And so in, during her day, my mom is now 80. She'll be 80 eight this year, I believe. Um, during her day, it's like a woman was there. She didn't say anything. She didn't talk back to the husband. Um, you're supposed to be the perfect wife and, and take care of all of this. And if you're upset or if you're suffering or if it's not happy, you don't let him know you complain to your, your friends or you complain to your, your other family members or female family members. And so I saw this 
Um, and the fact that I had uh, two children now, my first, I was engaged, had a child of the guy that I was engaged with that didn't work out, um, got involved with this young man, didn't, um, wasn't expecting to be with anyone, end up pregnant. Now I have two kids by two separate men. Mom says, because this is how she was raised, no man is going to want a woman who has kids by two different men. So there was no need for me to walk away from this relationship and try to date someone else. So I felt like I was stuck. I had to do this. Being involved in that during this time, he was an alcoholic. What I learned after we divorced was that he was also uh, addicted to drugs. And so I had no idea what that looked like. That wasn't my reality. Um, And that led to a lot of his sporadic behavior and then the embarrassment and the shame of me being in this situation while still creating this public persona just led to um, me losing sight of who I was and just me not feeling worthy. And the not feeling worthy led to me accepting more of this um, type of um, uh, behavior from him. And so I went to, at the time I was in the army reserves, the U S army reserves. And when you're in the army reserves, you have to go one weekend a month to check in, to, you know, do your training. And then you go two weeks in the year. It's like 15 days out of the year, you go away in the summertime and you do your field training. I was in what I call a mash unit. So if you've ever watched the show mash where the uh, soldiers are out in the middle of the desert, almost uh, living in tents, And that's what we were doing. So this one year, my troop and my unit, which we call, I was a dietitian. My unit said, okay, that's enough. We've had enough. Um, We've watched you go from being a very bright, you know, vibrant, happy-go-lucky person to this really, really meek, quiet person. And something is going on. Tell us what's happening. We know it all started when you started dating this man. And so they actually... This is before the show intervention came out, but they staged an intervention for me. They're like, look, we can't we, we can't watch you do this anymore. After this, you're leaving. And so they decided that it was time. I felt their support and I recognized it was time. Um, my money for the military was separate than my money for the household. And so that money I used to um to secure an apartment like 40 minutes away from where we were living so that I wouldn't have to deal with the drive-by situation. Um, And I had people from work, uh, people from the military meet me at my apartment the day that it was time for me to move out. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't go to work that morning because why? He was drunk, of course. And um, we had to call the cops. They had been in our home multiple times, so they knew exactly who we were in order for me to be able to leave and take anything out of the home. Because it was marital property, I was not able to leave with anything but myself, the kids, my clothes, and their bedroom. So we left with no furniture. For the next six to eight months, I slept on the floor. Um, But I started over and I was, you know, I still had to deal with the harassment, telephone harassment. But it was from there I started to uh, started to really separate myself from not only him, but also from my mom, who I felt was not uh, supporting me in the way that I would have loved for her to support me. 
Now, fast forward, that was what over 20 years ago, <clears throat> over the past 20 plus years, um, I've continued to work and, and support other women in phases. So my business has shifted as my life has shifted. When I walked away from my ex-husband, I was angry at him because he was a man. I was angry at my dad because he was a man and he had died the year before. I was married at my brother because he was a man and he had died um, with, right after my dad died. So I was left here with no man to defend me. I was mad at God because God was a man and he let me marry this man and endure this. So I walked away from men altogether, wanted nothing to do with them. After for the next 14 years, I dated women. What surprised me in that regard was that I didn't think that women would have the same capacity to hurt, to cheat, to lie, uh, to manipulate that men did. But surprisingly, they are just as capable and it tends to hurt even more because you would never expect it from another woman. I got tired of just, excuse me, all of it. I said, you know what, let me just stop. Let me just stop. Let me decide what it is I really want, who it is I really am, the quality of life that I really want to have. And let me go forward from that. So stop dating altogether and um, got really clear on me, did more work on me. Once I identified the spirit of the person that I wanted to be uh, in my life, then I recognized that that energy was more of a male energy, but excuse me, it had to come. He had to come with certain things already, already within him. I wasn't looking to train anybody. I wasn't about to give a whole list of 20 things and put it on the refrigerator. These are the ways you have to be to treat me. I wasn't going to rush into anything. And so for the next six to when I met my current husband, we were in school together and we dated for six years before we moved in together. We uh, bought a house and we lived together for two more years. So we were together eight years before we got married. And now we've been together almost 14 years. So there's a whole lot of life that happened in between that. Tried to keep it short and sweet, but happy to answer any and every question that you may have. Well, I'm hoping that now where we stand now, we're at a, a happy ending. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, attracted, I'm not going to say I found because I didn't find him. I knew what I wanted and I knew what I needed to do to, I knew the woman that I needed to be in order to attract the quality of person that I wanted to into my life. And it has been um, based on all of the the trauma that I've had in the past. Funny thing is, I just realized that black people have trauma. I always thought we just had issues, but Apparently we do have trauma. Um, After all of those things, right, I realized that it takes even when you find or when you find yourself in the in the space with another person that you feel that gets you, there's still work to be done as an individual. You still have to keep growing. And then when you're in relationship with someone else, that person will often uh, mirror to you those things that you haven't worked out within yourself. And so the work has to continue. You can't um, marry the person you figured you got to that point. You're married. Okay, now that's it. I don't have any more work to do. That's not true. You have more work to do every day, every year. You're both growing. You're growing as individuals and you're growing as a couple. And you have to be willing 
to continue to do that work and continue to treat each other like you did when you first started dating, no matter how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. Um, My pleasure. I, I think, yeah, I, I was joking about it in the beginning, but obviously like as men, there's certainly blind spots and um, this is a, there's a lot of, touch points where we don't want to sound insensitive. So Dr. Nyari, we're going to need you to pull us out of the fire uh, in case you put our, our feet in our mouths. Um, but I, th- I think l- let's start at the, at the back. Cause I think towards the end of the conversation uh, of your, yeah, or what you had said, you, you had mentioned doing the work and mm-hmm. how that determined the type of partners you sort out. I think maybe starting from there and then working backwards. Um, mm-hmm. If someone were to come to you, um, and it's become very like very catchy um, conversation on social media, particularly like, okay, what are you bringing to the table? Quote unquote. Um, <laughs> how can, Sorry. <laughs> how can not only women, but men as well do that level of introspection and self work to make sure that they're being the best partner they can be. So you, I the audience didn't see the facial expression I made when he said, what are you bringing to the table? They were making it too. Trust me, they were making it too. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. I hate that conversation because what it, what it means is to me, what, what that does is that it sets people up to, and they do this. I promise you, they do this, especially men, women do it too, but men are good for it. Had a conversation on a plane with a gentleman. He told me all about the, um, what do you call it? The, um, uh, starts with the P it'll come to me, but he told me all about the person that men send in first, right? They're not going to send their true selves in. They're going to send in the person first that is going to identify what the woman wants. Then he's going to be that person in order to get her. Once he gets her and he feels like she's safe, she feels like she's safe. Then he's going to let the real person come out. Um, I forgot the term, but this whole, what do you bring to the table means to me, it sounds like, we're coming to a negotiation table, right? And if I'm selling cars, I'm going to tell you, and I'm selling used cars, and there are two different cars here. There's the brand new model, and then there's the used model. And then I'm telling you, well, of course you can buy the new car, but if you buy the new car, as soon as you drive off the lot, you're going to lose like you know 20% value in it. Why not just buy the used car? It has X, Y, Z, you know, A, B, C, one, two, three. It's like you're trying to sell yourself. Nobody wants. Why why should you have to sell yourself, first of all? And why would you want to be sold? I don't believe in walking up to someone and putting all your cards out on the table. This is what I have. This is where I am in life. This is what I'm doing. This is what I own. This is my credit score. That's all surface level. And if you're, you're meeting a person at the surface level, then no matter how much money they have, no matter how many possessions they own, no matter what their credit score is, they can still be Okay, before I say this, you guys got to tell me if it's okay to to use curse words on here because you got to let me know because we, I, we, I, we I don't want like to censor you. Please feel free if necessary. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll do and, 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 okay. I edit this one so I don't censor curse words. So curse away. Okay. So please don't curse. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm just joking. Go but, ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Say, you, say, say, mean, say what's on your heart. You let it all out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> there are rich assholes also, right? There are, there are, 
There are rich rapists. There are rich narcissists. There are so many people out here who, if you're looking at what they have materially, things that they can tell you and show you by sitting down at a table with you and going down a list, you're never going to get to the heart or the spirit of the person. To me, it's not about you know, money is important where you are in life is important, but these are the things that you need to, that need, you need to understand organically. And when people try to rush in and try to make something quickly, uh, my bi- biological clock is ticking. You know, I am looking for a husband because I want to have children. So I'm basically interviewing everybody so that I can see, you know, are you going to be the one? Are you going to be the one? Are you going to be the one? Are you going to fertilize these eggs? It just becomes, you know, it's just a, it's just a, um, a transaction, right? You want to get to know a person. If you, if you heard, as you listened to my experience, you saw the drama and the trauma that I went through. But then you also saw that I was not going to make that same mistake twice. I dated my husband six years before we moved in together. It was two years before he had a key to actually come into my place if I wasn't there. So I was definitely practicing what I was preaching by this time. You have to take time to slow down and to understand what it is you're looking for and how to identify it without asking specific questions. So there was this workshop I used to do years ago, um, back when we were attending the same church. Um, It was called uh, How to Determine the Dating Potential of Another Person in 10 Minutes or Less. And so people would ask, can you really determine the dating potential of another person in 10 minutes or less? And the answer to that question is yes. But in order to do that, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you are looking for and you have to know how to identify it without asking a question. So how do you do that? I used to have people, it would be an audience, right? So it's a workshop. So I would have two people come up and I would have those one individual pretend to be the waiter or the waitress. And I would be one of the people on a date. And I would have another person um, who was very hesitant. The, the main person who would say, you can't do this. You can't identify. You can't tell nothing about a person in 10 minutes. I'm like, would you like to be my date for the evening? I'm like, yeah, fine. Sure. You're not going to learn anything about me. This person would come and sit down. I would let them pick the scenario. If we were at a bar, if we were at a restaurant, if we were at the movies, didn't matter. And then I would have the other person play the waiter or the waitress. And what I would do is I would sit there and I would just ask very simple questions. So um, the other individual would just ask them to tell me about their day. And tell me, tell me about your day from the time you go, time you wake up until the time you go to bed. But I already know. Shall we do a... A mock with one uh, of you. <laughs> Let, let's learn about Phil. I think we need that Phil is ready for this. So you, you want the hot seat, Phil? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't have to. You don't have to. We you know, our listeners. <clears throat> take pride in us and they, they support and enjoy us because we're an open book. You know I mean? We transparent, we're open. So if I'm not willing to do it, how can they trust someone else to? Okay. Mm. All right. So, so we're on a date then, right? You pick the place where you want to go. Red lobster. Um, you know, mm. yeah. I'm breaking, oh, the bank. I'm, I'm breaking the bank today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, so that's my first cue. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> wow. 
I, but, I just set but. up some background ambiance of what it would sound like. The background noise is really loud, Dan. Like it's incredible. I'm trying to turn it down. It's so loud. Okay, okay, okay. fine. Okay, fine. Red. So, okay, red lobsters. Okay, fine. Olive Garden. Okay. I've saved uh, okay. that. We're going to the you Olive Garden. You know what? You could have just I'm said gonna... a restaurant. Though. I mean. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a pass. Okay, I'm going to give you a pass because neither one of those are on my list, but I'm going to give you a pass. <laughs> so you got to know yourself, right? You have to remember she's from Chicago, the best <laughs> restaurants ever. So Olive Garden and Red Lobster. Yeah. But, but but you know what? That's okay. We're gonna we're gonna go with it. We're gonna we're go. We're gonna go with it. We're okay. gonna go. Let's just say that we're we're at a conference somewhere, and those are the only two options across mm. the street. Exactly from the conference, mm-hmm. right? Okay. okay. We, these are only two options. So so we'll go with out of the two, we'll go with Olive Garden. <clears throat> so tell me, um, first, you know, we're we're about we're about to sit down at the table now. This is you're you're the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So you tell me how. And we'll have Danny be our 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 waiter for the for the day. So we've just sat down at the table mm-hmm. and Danny, you're up. I'd like to welcome you both to our French restaurant uh, today on our specials. We have the delicious escargot uh, de jour. But of course, you're welcome to order anything you want from the menu. Might I add, madame, you're looking exquisite tonight. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Would you like me to uh, take your order for drinks or would you like some time to mull over the menu? Well, I think I'm ready. Please, madame, I will not write down anything. I can keep it all in my head. Okay. All right. So let's look. Let, we're going to we're Olive Garden. So let's just start with a glass of sangria. Ooh la la. Madame has exquisite taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Why is this? Why is this, you, why, why is this waiter trying to handle my date? Like this, this lady. Just... <laughs> and you, Monsieur. I mean, it's uh, unusual choice to wear sneakers to the restaurant. But uh, please, what would you like to drink? <laughs> if you don't watch your tone, you're gonna be drinking your spit, buddy. <laughs> Here. I was just joking with you. What would you like to drink? I'll have a still water. Room temperature. Thank you. Coming right up, Sarah. Well, I'll leave the two of you to continue your no doubt enchanting conversation. I'll be back with your drink shortly. Thank you. <laughs> so, excuse me. So, Phil, tell, tell me, tell me, <clears throat> how are you enjoying the conference so far? I mean, it was, it was really good. I mean, the that 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 excess symposium about washing your feet um, really enlightened things because you know I just used to let the soap run down and I thought that would clean my legs, but you know you learn something every day. So you know that, and that's why we here. You know, network, educate, learn. Just you know, en- en- enhance our, our world view. And and outside of that, I'm really am enjoying you know the freebies because I don't have much soap where I'm from, so it's, it's been good. <laughs> Mm. <clears throat> oh, that's that's yeah. I thought I found those to be very uh, interesting conversations as well. So, tell me about yourself. Tell me, tell me about a life, a day in the life of Phil, like from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed. Okay, okay. No, no, no I'm not being serious. So, I'll wake up, um, meditate, 
Um, then I'll try to get a workout in or get a walk or a jogging, depending on how I'm feeling that morning. Then I'll start my daily routine, you know, maybe have a few meetings with, with the team here. Um, and then work through the day pretty much. Then I'll break my fast around 5 PM. Um, then depending on what I'm doing that day, I might work out again or I might record a podcast and then check the emails, do a little bit of reading, go to bed. I'm, I'm a very boring individual, sadly. On the weekends, I might switch it up and, and, and have some dessert before going to bed. But yeah. You don't sound boring to me. Do you enjoy your work? I do. I do indeed. Yes. Do you work alone or you said you have a couple of meetings? Is it a big team or, or a small team? No, we're a small team. Uh, we're a team of, team of five. Um, so, yeah, it's very fulfilling. It's just, you know, a little challenging. Uh, you know, the economy in Chicago really has taken a dip lately, but, you know, we do what we can. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you, you have a team that you get along good with. You guys get along great. Do you hang out outside of work too? Oh uh, well, yeah, once in a while we we try to have a few um get togethers here and there, but for for the most part it's pretty professional but cordial nonetheless. Well, that's good. I heard you say that you you will break your fast at around five. So do you are you not eating anything at all throughout the day? Um I have um coffee, tea, water. That's pretty much it. Oh, what kind of tea do you like? Do you like herbal tea or Earl uh, Grey? Uh, so, some green tea. Green tea. Uh, yeah. I, I, so I usually make like moringa and green tea and then I'll, I'll grind some ginger in there so I don't get nauseous because sometimes like green tea is a little too strong. I mean, very nauseous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah I know about that. Mm. Yeah. It can be a little strong. So your green tea, is it powdered or do you use like tea bags? Um, mainly tea bags. Okay. Mm. Is there a specific brand you like? The cheapest one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So what type of workouts do you do? Do you have a gym that you go to or do you work out at home? Do you ride a bike? What are you into? Uh, I got a gym in my garage. So I, I work out in there. Nice. Yeah. In your garage. That's awesome. Okay. And desserts. What type of desserts? Oh, cheesecake. Uh, cheesecake. Cheesecake is my kryptonite. Plain? Strawberry? New York. It's gotta chocolate be, it's chip? Gotta be, it's got to be New York bait. Oh, yeah. That one's the rich one. Yeah. That's very that's thick one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been asking you a lot of questions. Is there anything you'd like to know about me? Um, so, yeah. T- tell me about your family and where you're from. I am from Chicago. My mother is from Louisiana. My dad was from New York, the Bronx. Um, my brother was born in Mississippi. He's no longer with us. My dad's no longer with us. So it's just me oh, and no, my mom now. And I have two boys. Well, you can call them men. Um, they'll be 32, I think, and 28. Wait, what? And 20. Yes. You, you have kids my age. Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Black don't crack. <laughs> That's right. Black don't crack, boo. (laughs) So I can tell you. So I'm going to tell you what I got from our conversation. Mm -hmm. We we won't. We don't have to take this too long. But 
So some of the things that I know are really big on my list is the guy must be big on his hygiene. You had me there for a minute in the beginning when you were talking about the water running down and you just thought it was wild. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> but <clears throat> when you when I asked you about your day, you know, then you started going through the real thing. I was like, OK, here we go. Um, I found out that you're very health conscious, right? This is important to me, but you're very health conscious because you work out. Um, you said that you drink green tea specifically. You mentioned moringa. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that you worked out. I didn't ask you if you noticed. I didn't ask you, what do you do? Right. Mm-hmm. Because you should never ask, what do you do? I asked you, do you enjoy what you do? Because mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter whether a man is a garbage man or if he's an executive. If he enjoys what he does, that should be the most important thing. So I didn't ask you, what did you do? I didn't ask you, you know, if you had people at work that you, you know, are you, um, I didn't ask you what position did you hold or anything like that. I asked you, did you enjoy the team that you worked with? Because it's important if if a person that you are looking to date is always stressed at work or especially women, if you hear a guy who's who's talking about, you know, he's the smartest one in the office. Everybody else are idiots. Um, you know, he he's been um, looked over three to five times for. Um, he's been looked over three to five times for a promotion. You, you know, he has some, there's something going on there. There's something that he's not really um, saying to you, but you can hear it coming out in the conversation. A lot of times men are so used to women doing all the talking and we tend to give so much away of ourselves in that initial conversation because we're nervous, because we're used to doing all the talking. Women, if you just take a step back and you allow you give the man the floor and allow him to talk, men don't usually have the opportunity to talk about themselves as much. But if you give them the floor, you'll learn a lot of these things. So you (laughs) you kept using the word cheap, but I don't see you as a cheap individual. I know I think you were just I think you were just having fun. But you don't sound like that in that type of person. I didn't ask you if you drove to work if you had a car I didn't ask you that um, you told me you had a garage at home and that you worked out in your garage you I didn't have to ask you um, it didn't matter to me or I didn't ask you whether you had an apartment if you had your own condo if you had your own home you said you had a garage in my mind the garage if you have a gym in it it automatically is either attached to or not far from a home and so you do have a house that you're living in on a regular basis. Right. Mm-hmm. So these are general things that you can pick up from the first conversation. I'm sorry, Anita. This it's such a it's such a low bar. You damn. have somewhere you live. No, damn. <laughs> That's a good damn. You know, we joke about this, but like in the past few months, granted, I think um, so I think Dan and I have been particularly lucky w- when it comes to dating, and we've been able to date some very good women. I, I put it that way, mm-hmm. like very, very good women. But I have friends who come to me now and they're, they're in the dating pool. So on these, they're on these dating apps and we take it for granted, Dan, you'll be surprised how many of these dudes is homeless or you'll be surprised how many of these dudes don't have basic decency. Or how many of these dudes will go through the receipt and be like, no, 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 no. You ordered extra nuts. That, that's 50 cents. I'm going to need that 50 mm-hmm. cents from you. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I, I know women yeah. went on holidays and then they, after the holiday, they got an invoice. Oh, no. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Dad. The bar is low. <laughs> you know, you gotta. This is the first conversation, right? The first mm. conversation. You yeah. want to be able to okay at least you're living somewhere right at least you're living and usually when you let guys talk and this could be for women too because women talk a lot more than men but when you let the person talk if he lived with someone and he was or he was squatting in someone else's place he would say well my roommate has Mm. equipment at his house or my you know he he may have given himself away and said, well, my mom's basement or, you know, at my buddy's place or but if you're listening and you know what you're listening for, then you can pick up on it. But in order to be able to know what you're looking and what to listen for, you have to know what it is you want. Now, my first red flag, which I gave you, um, which I gave you uh I gave you a passport because we were across the street from the convention center. And that was the only thing over there was when you said red lobster first. And, um, (laughs) and then you said Olive Garden. Okay. So, so one thing I know about, one thing I know about me now, those are great places for, for, for some people, some people, they love it. And like for my mom example, my mom is not, I tried taking her to a different place the places that I like and the mashed potatoes came to the table and they were mashed potatoes. And, you know, they will call them, call them fancy mashed potatoes, but they were not the regular hot water add and stir or the, um, the mashed potatoes that she knows that she makes at home. And so she did not like them. She was so upset. Everything was, her palate was not used to that, that type of food. So if I want her to enjoy herself, I have to take her to Olive Garden. Now she's happy. And I'm like, trying to have a salad and a bowl of soup so I can have a real you know meal when I get home. But that would have been a, a red flag for me had we had we um, that been a topic of conversation before we went anywhere. I can tell you how to get around that. So if you want to know the if you can't tell about the caliber, when I say caliber, I mean isn't good or bad, but whether or not this is going to be someone that is going to fit within your lifestyle by looking at them, then you can open up the floor. You can let her choose the first place to go. Right now, if she's smart, she's going to choose the first place that is her normal place to go because she wants to one, she's going to see whether or not you're going to have a problem with this place or two, whether or not you're, um, when you go, if you're going to be like Phil said, you're going to be checking the receipt. You're going to be, you know, looking to see or, or ordering, you're going to order off the appetizer menu only because you're not looking to, you know, pay for the full entree. She's going to be checking you out while you're, you know, trying to check out the bill. Um, if you allow her to pick that first place and then you recognize, oh, this, this is a little bit out of my price range. My suggestion will be to go on that first date because it could be a test, right? Just go on that first date, make it through the first date and then see if when you pick the second date and you pick a restaurant that's more uh, along the lines of what you would normally see, see what her response is, how she responds. You're not necessarily looking to see if she's going to turn you down, but if she's a woman who can who can be uh, someone who can ebb and flow. Right. Like I can go to McDonald's with my husband any day and and have a great time. But then we can also go to uh, Fogo de Chow um, here in Chicago and we can spend 
you know, much, much more than that. But we can go up and down. But you got to know what it is you're comfortable with and what it is you want the person that you're attracting into your life to be comfortable with as well. So that's the 10 minutes or less um, conversation. And I've been in situations where I've had men get very um, get very agitated because of the responses that they've given, I've been able to point out, okay, um, you have a problem with authority. They're like, well, I don't have a problem with authority. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, we'll see. You know, why don't you feel like you have a problem with authority? This is what you said. This is what that means. This is how you responded. And then they get upset about that. But what that does for the women, not just in the off uh, in the audience, but for a woman, if she recognizes that type of response from a guy, First date, whether it's out on a date or whether it's a phone conversation, you know, right away, you're not bothering with a second date. So it only took you 10 minutes to realize that that individual is not somebody that you want to give another opportunity Mm. to. So, yeah, I think I I think a key a key character we left out was that waiter. That waiter seemed okay, very I was about to ask something, you know, something, something, something serious. Okay, like, no, I, okay, I, 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 actually, I actually do have a serious point. Sorry. So um, I like that you, th- there's two things. And I, I've been holding on to this point since you mentioned it earlier on when you were talking about um, the, what do you bring to the, to the table type of conversation? Um, and the reason why I often dislike that kind of conversation is because it, it implies a very transactional nature to a relationship. And for some people that may be fine. It's something we've actually spoken about on this podcast. Maybe for some people, that's what they're looking for. Great. Mm-hmm. But I think most people are looking for something deep and meaningful and something like that. So that idea of what do you bring? What do I bring? It, it's, it, while it is a very valid conversation to have uh, once you set certain uh, foundations to the relationship that, you know, we both have to put something into this relationship. I think going in looking for something implies a certain transactional nature. And that's why, you know, I, I've been, I've been a little bit just cautious listening. Like imagine if, imagine if I were to say, um, Hey, Anita, you know what? I absolutely love to have a conversation with you. I'd like to take you out to red lobster and your immediate response is like, well, I don't go to places like that. That would make me like pause for a second. But then, uh, when you said, um, go to like where you normally go, and then that makes sense. Cause then it does make sense for real. Like, listen, I normally go here and do this. So if you right. don't normally do that, then maybe this is not going to be that compatible. So I'm just kind of putting those thoughts together. Yeah. I want to get them out before I. Mm, before yeah. I and I you. Did, um, your point about red lobster. So the reason why there are several reasons why play, fast food places like red lobster, Olive garden, um, those places that I don't go to. And I had to learn this the hard way. Um, while they cook in like they have great specials, you know, you can get all you can eat this, all you can eat that. The reason for the reason why it's so quick for them to make it and bring it out is because they're adding all these additional additives and and things like MSG. Whenever I go to Red Lobster, um, Olive Garden, places like that, they their food is so full of MSG. I walk out, I walk in, I take one bite. Ten minutes later, I have a monster migraine. So it's not healthy for me. So I have to choose the places to go to eat where I can I can um, make sure that I can dictate or I know what's in the food. or I can say I need you to make this with no MSG. A lot of the fast food chains, you can't do that. So, again, no shade against Red Lobster until I learned that it was making me sick. I, I It was fine. Mom, I grew up going to Red Lobster with my mom. My mom still loves it. But 
I'm just not that. I'm just not that that type of girl anymore. So mm. fair enough. Um, I, I was I was also gonna add on something to that because I think um, sometimes, but you know, if if we were going on a date and I said no, I don't want to go to Red Lobster. The you know the notion is oh she's picky or she's she's a diva. How do you get around that? So (laughs) if I really wanted to spend time with this person, right, if I really wanted to get to know this person, I would say, you know, it's a little something that I need you to know about me. Um, There I have certain food sensitivities and there are certain additives in food that are known to be, you know, at fast food chain restaurants that cause me to be sick. So to keep us from having, you know, I could go with you, but then I would only have a salad. Right. And then I have to be very specific about, you know, the salad. So if, if you don't mind, maybe if we can go to this restaurant, you don't mind coming mm-hmm. us going to this restaurant, then, you know, I know the food is good here. I can, I can, I can order here. I don't have to worry about sitting there 10 minutes later telling you that I have to leave early because I now have a migraine. Would that be something you would be okay with? So in that in that space, I'm also checking to see how flexible they are. But there's I don't know if if you remember, but in in my book, I talk about the three, six, nine rule. Right. Men are typically agreeable to everything. The first three months, anything Mm -hmm. and everything, the first three months are typically agreeable to. And then the next three months, they start to lighten up a bit. Well, you know, I don't really want to go see another rom com. Right. Let's do, you know, some uh, action movie this weekend or and then you know, after you pass the six month mark, they tend to get a lot more comfortable in being themselves. Um, the representative, that's the word they send in the representative first. Right. So ah. you get the full representative the first three months and then the next three to six months, the guy tends to start to relax a little bit. He feels like, you know, he's she's there with him still three months later so he can let go. And then once he gets past six months, things usually, you know, he usually starts to be himself. So um, being agreeable, you want to see if he's going to be willing to to budge. But not just you have to pay attention along the way. And I used to tell my husband all the time, I'm watching you. Right? I'm watching you. I'm paying attention. I'm watching everything you do. I'm watching everything you say, because by the time I started dating him, I already had the book, the first version of the book, The Five Phases of Dating Out. I was like, OK, I know about the three, six, nine rule. I talked about it in the book. I'm watching you. Two years later, I was like, I'm still watching you. He was like, keep watching. I'm not changing. Right. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. So. But that's it. The representative. And a guy told me that on the plane. I didn't make that up. That came out of a man's <laughs> mouth. A, a real black man, you know, didn't change. He was consistent. That's what we do. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, like in science, we always say that the plural of anecdote is not data. So please don't take what one man says. I mean, he's not our representative. You know what I mean? So, so is that. Um, but I was going to say... Um, Weirdly enough, I, I've now become like the hitch in my friend circle. So like all the women always, not all, but a lot of the women come to me for advice. And there's something that you mentioned earlier that resonated because there's a lot of friends that I have who have done well or are doing well for themselves. Right. And for some, they're like, my man needs to be able to match or exceed my earnings. And others are like, it's not really that big of a deal for me. 
And I felt that with the example you gave, that's a perfect like intro to it where if they want to eat at Red Lobster and you're like, no, I don't want to eat Red Lobster um, for various reasons. I usually eat at maybe finer dining establishments or I've got a sophisticated palate. I've spent years and like, you know, I started, I started at McDonald's and I worked my way up and now I, I, I only eat at three, at three star Michelin chef spots. Um, now there will be two scenarios there. If, if someone approaches you and let's say you're not materialistic, but you, but you like good food. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what's one way in the beginning to set boundaries with regards to where you'd like to eat, even if you're willing to pay without quote unquote emasculating him. Um, mm-hmm. And, and also how, how would you advise someone who is, let's say a, a woman who, who's not really concerned about who's paying the bill. They're more concerned with the memories and the moments and so forth. But obviously a man being a man, especially in this environment, sometimes it's not an easy thing for them to take and accept. Have you come across examples like that? And and how would you advise someone in that instance? Um, absolutely. So two examples that come to mind, I had a client once who came to me, <clears throat> she was, she had received her MBA. So she she was very well known in her circle, um, very well educated, very well spoken. But the men that were at her level, she could not connect with. She at the time was dating a guy who was had been a convicted felon, but he got her right. He understood her. She didn't feel she felt important when she was with him she felt like he saw her like he appreciated her for who she was Mm -hmm. and so the challenge she was having was do i let him go because he doesn't fit the mold right i'm this i have this mba these are the people that i'm hanging around these are the people these are the type of individuals that they're dating um, how do I bring this man around them and feel good about myself or not have everybody else look at me like I'm crazy? Or <clears throat> do I continue to go back to the other guy who has political aspirations, but doesn't have time for me? And I would be and I just I just can't see myself with him. We don't have as much fun. So here's what we did. We spent our time together helping her identify what was really important to her. Right. I tell women all the time, your man doesn't have to match your resume. He has to match your idea and in the energy of what you want your relationship to be. Right. What do you want in your relationship? What is important to you in terms of the quality of life and love that you want to have? Do you want to be that woman who is married to a man who is highly successful but he has you and his family here and he has another family in a different state, Mm. but you get to be at all the elegant parties. You get to go on all the boating adventures. You get to do all of that. Your children go to the best schools yet. He doesn't even belong to you and you barely talk to him. It's more of, you know, we have kids together. We have this business together. So we're together. Do you want that? Or do you want to be with the man who doesn't necessarily Make as much as you, but you know for certain that this man loves you. He has your back. He makes he makes you when you come home, he makes you feel like 
the queen of the castle. He gives you as much as he can. He hustles in his own way. He's happy in what he's doing in his own life. Do you want that? Which one do you want? Which one is more important to you? And at the end of our time together, what she recognized <clears throat> was that neither one of these guys were the right guys for her. So there was a, a very um, animal like um, uh, attraction to the guy who was like off limits, right? The guy who was the, the ex-con because he was an ex-con. There was an excitement there around that. And then the guy who had the political aspirations, you know, there was an excitement about that too, but she didn't want to be somebody's um, arm candy because with this guy, she couldn't be who she wanted to be. She couldn't be the, the, the businesswoman that she wanted to be because she would fall in his shadow. And this guy, while he was fun, the places that she wanted to go, he wouldn't fit in. And she would always have to spend time trying to make him feel comfortable uh, looking over her shoulder, making sure he's not going to punch the waiter in the mouth over in the corner because he looked at him wrong. Mm. So she didn't end up being with either one of those guys. Right. She found she found a guy who matched her energy in terms of relationship. Now, it just so happens that this guy is either at her level financially, maybe he could be a little bit more, a little bit less because she's been building, continuously building throughout um, since our time together. But the fact is that they that their energies match in terms of what they wanted for each other in another person in a relationship. That's the most important thing. So the man doesn't have to match your resume. He has to match what you want. The problem is that women let their peers define who they should be with instead of being firm and confident in who she is, knowing what she wants and not willing to settle for less than that for the sake of of a photo op or a sake of being able to take this man around her friends and not be concerned about what her friends are going to say. If she's not concerned about that, then she can stand firm and whoever that man is that does the right thing for her. But if she's not she's going to continue to look at and be concerned about what other people are thinking. <clears throat> you mentioned, and I wrote this down because I really liked this. You said memories and moments. To me, when I dated, when I was dating women, I had plenty of gifts, right? Blue Tiffany bags all over the house. They were just, I was using them to store pantyhose, right? I had so many of those bags around the house. It was no big deal. Um, I had one uh, woman who, in order to keep me from breaking up with her, bought me a metallic chocolate brown five series BMW with a wood grain dash. Mm. Right. That morning I broke up with her that that evening she had this car for me. Did I keep the car? No. Gave her the car back. But to me, material things didn't really matter. I've had the material things. Now, does my husband buy me expensive gifts? No. Do I like expensive gifts? I do. But do I need them? I don't. But what does my husband give me? I know my husband has my back. My husband is my biggest supporter. My husband, he cooks. My husband cleans. He's part OCD. I'm not. So that's totally fine. Mm. Um, Totally fine with me. <laughs> he cooks, he cleans, he he listens to me. He understands me. He loves me. He accepts me 100% for who I am. He gets me. 
I am that woman. I work a full time job, still very demanding job. And then I run my business so I could be my bottom can be in this chair from seven o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock at night. My husband, he will come in. He will bring me a plate of food. He will bring me a cup of coffee. He will bring me a glass of wine or a glass of bourbon. He gets me right. He doesn't expect me to be anybody different. He we have great conversation, all of that. That's what I wanted. The, the gifts didn't mean anything because they were cheating and the gifts were just ways for them to make up for the cheating that they were doing. Right. Mm. But he gets me. And do I in. I don't I don't even know where we are. I don't where we are financially. But our during, during our time together, our salaries have done this. I didn't care. I didn't care. There were certain things I was just like, um, no, you're the man. You'll figure it out. Right. Which was hard for me because I'm used to being being a single mom. I'm used to being the breadwinner. I'm used to being the one to make all the decisions. But at mm. some point, and this may be a whole topic for a whole nother conversation. <clears throat> as a woman, you got to be able you got to be willing to let your man fall so that he realizes that he can pick himself back up. You said something about emasculating your man, right? Mm. For the women out here that are doing the proposing, cut that out. For the women out here that are supporting the men, cut that out. If you want your man to be a man, you have to allow him to be a man. And sometimes that means allowing him to make a mistake without you being there to point out the mistake that he made. You can support him through that mistake, but some men need to make those mistakes in order to grow into the man that he knows he needs to be. And you know, he has the potential to be, but I'm going to shut up now. Cause that's a whole nother conversation. Oh. <laughs> I'm about to go off on a whole nother tangent. Let me just stop myself right now. <laughs> Let me just stop myself. <clears throat> Interesting. Interesting. Um, I feel like this is one of those conversations that could keep going on and on. Um, I think we should cut it here, Philip, and then have a part two at some point in the future. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think so too. I think there were so many things in there um, that we could revisit. Yeah, I think you should think- give Dan time to get his money up because he's not being a man. Right <laughs> Can I be honest with you, Anita? We've had several relationship conversations and while some of them have been helpful, they haven't really been as practical, I think, as mm. some of the conversations mm. in here. I mean, right uh, to the meat and there are some things, yeah, yeah, there, there are some things that I want us to delve into deeper that I wanted to question you on. But I think, as we're saying, this is something that we can build in conversations going forward. Okay, mm. sure. And been. what I what I really appreciate because I think sometimes people think, oh, you're from Africa, dating is different. You're in America. What you touched on is universal issues in relationships um, mm. that men and women are facing. But I think sometimes we, we think, oh, you know, people in Chicago date and need to look at things differently, but the conversation is the same. Mm. Yeah. I, I think when it comes to matters of the heart, I think it's all universal, right? Mm. You know, I believe that there, there may be some things that are different due to, due to um, the different customs and where we live, but for the most part, for as much as I have experienced in all of my 56, I think, 
I can't remember how old I am. <laughs> 56 yeah. years. And I feel like I've lived like nine lifetimes when it comes to, you know, relationships. I have done it all. I have seen it all. I have experienced it all. I have witnessed it all. I have I have felt the pain of it all and just growing through that and through through those years and just just building, having to source my own support and find my own way. Right. It's just led me to a place where I'm no longer willing to stand behind this. Oh, I have a perfect marriage. I'm in a perfect relationship. I am a relationship guru. No, girl, I done bumped my head. I done bruised my knees. I done scraped my elbows. I didn't get to where I am today with my husband by sitting back and not sharing about myself to people so that people could point me in the right direction or to the right book or to the right therapist or, you know, to the right meditation, whatever I needed to do in order to get where I am today. So I am an, I've written books, but I'm an open book. I don't care. I will share. I will answer. I gave you all of my, my truth. I've dated on both sides. So when I'm coaching women, I'm coaching women with both sides in mind, right? You know, if I were in your husband's shoes, this is how I would see the situation. And from a husband's perspective, because I've had husbands who have <clears throat> either thought of cheating or who have were in the process in the act of cheating on their wives come to me to try to figure out whether or not they should still be with their wives. So the questions that I ask them are the same questions that I ask the women. What is it that you really want? Get clear on what you really want. And if what you want is to be out here chasing tail and buying Air Jordans for the next 20 years for these side pieces, then fine, then do that. But if you're going to do that, you need to let her go because she's not she doesn't deserve that. But if what you want to do is you want to be with your wife and you want this to work, then one, you got to figure out what it is within you that is causing you to look that way because there's something not working here. When we get to the root of what's not working here, then we can work on healing that this will no longer be attractive to you and you can focus all of your attention in your marriage. So it's all about really looking at who you are as an individual, what you want, what you need and what is going to make you happy in the long run. And then learning how to have that dance because relationships are a dance. There are going to be times when you're up, times when the other person is up, times when you're down, you lead, you need them to hold you up a little bit more. But it's a dance. You can't always be happy 100 percent of the time, all the time. But you got to find the right person where, you know, you're going to be able and I'm a, I'm a Libra. So I keep doing this because it's the scales. Right. It's going to be like this. But you're going to have to find that 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 person that you're going to be able to ride those scales with. Otherwise, mm. you know, what's the point? Mm. May as well stay single. Mm. <laughs> That's rousing words to close our, our episode, you know, <laughs> <laughs> This has actually been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Anita. You're welcome. Um, for those of our listeners who are interested in uh, reading your book or finding you online or your podcast or anything like that, how can they find you? Um, they can find me. You can go to my website, anitasharlow.com, A-N-I-T-A-C-H-A-R-L-O-T.com. You can gain access to all of the podcast archives there. Um, also the podcast can, you can be, you can find that anywhere and it's called the happy executive woman on any podcast streaming app. Um, you can search my name on, um, Amazon and you should, 
it'll bring up two books for you. One is The Five Phases of Dating, The Grown-Ass Woman's Guide to Attracting and Maintaining Authentic Relationships, and then Healing the Heart and Soul with Unconditional Love, Five Minutes a Day, which is just a book of um, just affirmations and just positive thoughts. So just Google my name anywhere. You'll you'll find a ton of stuff. Great. So thank you so Great. much for having me. And this was fun. I'm, I'm happy Great. to come back whenever, whenever you want. You can send me questions ahead of time or you can just ask me and, and mm-hmm. let's just play yeah. it by ear. I, I, don't I, care. I, think our, I think our listeners will have a lot of questions. So yes, if you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to reach out, please hit us up via the website or on our socials and we'll be sure to forward your question uh, for the next time we have Anita back on the show. And thank you so much for joining us. We understand you're a little under the weather. So she braved it all, Dan, for your terrible French yes. accent. I mean, after getting <laughs> out of bed, you, you, you forced to endure that disgusting Pepe Le Pew impersonation. <laughs> you had to go on a virtual date with you. It's just, it's really, it's, it's you. I'm very sorry, Anita. It's been a rough, a rough hour. You guys were good. That was, was fun. Good. Oh my that was gosh. Fun. That was so fun. A virtual date, which we're definitely you. keeping every second of in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes please do <laughs> right. ladies right. and gentlemen boys and girls thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of mental wellness mondays a podcast by two broke twimbos where we uh dive into the world of mental wellness in all its diverse directions and different discussions today we were talking about relationships together with relationship coach uh, Anita Charlotte, thank you very much for sitting with us. Um, but you can find more episodes on twobroketumbles.com if you're hearing this one for the first time, or you can find episodes that are not necessarily about mental wellness, but more about uh, nonsense, just at twobroketumbles.com <laughs> on our other podcast. Danny, that guy, Phil Chart, thank you very much for tuning in with us. As usual, we want to say thank you very much to Dr. Nyarai of Wired to Love and Thrive. Thank you very much for being here and introducing us to these amazing people that you have. Thank you, Dr. Nyarai. Thank you. Anita, lovely, lovely to have a conversation with you. Good to see you again. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. All right. All right guys, so we'll catch thanks. you in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.